That's me. <laughs> the morning service is a little different, so I got a, I'm like, where am I supposed to speak? <laughs> mm. Oh, before I want to turn this over, I'm going to uh, uh, maybe um, blow your minds a little bit. Uh, it's about uh, one of your songs. Uh, first of all, I'm, my name is Lev. I'm a local rabbi. I'm at, um, co- I, I serve uh, Congregation Kol Halev, which has nothing to do with my name. Kol means all or every, and Halev is the heart. So it's the congregation with, that's all heart. Um, and my name, Lev, means heart. But I, I like to say it's all Lev all the time. But, um, um, and I do, it a, I do it a very small bit um, uh, because they're a small community. They don't need me all the time. But um, I'm also a hospice nurse with Hospice Austin. Um, and, I, uh, and I also, my full-time job is as an online faculty member and academic advisor for the Psych Mental Health Nurse Practitioner Program at Regis College in, uh, outside of Boston. Um, it's where I went to nursing school uh, some years ago. Um, so uh, a little bit about, so El Shaddai, the name of God, you know what it means? It's, it's, it can be a dangerous thing to sing words in other languages that you don't know what they mean. <laughs> so just so you know. But um, it's actually going to make sense in this community, I think. Um, El is a name of God. Like it's the beginning of the word Elohim. It, it literally means God. Shaddai comes from the Hebrew word Shaddaiim, and the em ending is plural. Shaddaiim, breasts. Okay? The God of breasts. Female breasts. It's, it's a masculine word, but it's a feminine attribute. Why is El Shaddai, the God of breasts, the word that gets translated as God Almighty? It's a real question. Oh, and I was told that you don't, you don't usually speak during church. But um, in, syn- in synagogue, I don't get away. I mean, even like when I'm actually leading something, people will be like, excuse me, Rabbi. But um, so what, what, uh, that's how we do it in Judaism. It's always a conversation. Why is El Shaddai the name of the God the name of God that gets translated as God Almighty. Giver of life. Yeah. I mean, without uh, nourishment, um, babies would not survive. And so, um, and it is also something that teaches us about almightiness. This is the word, El Shaddai is the God that we go into battle with in the ancient world. It's not male, it's not masculine. And it's not, um, it's not like with spears out forward. It's like we imagine a, a mother holding a baby to her breast to feed. When we look at the world from that perspective of almightiness, when we think about where strength comes from, it is a very different concept in the ancient Hebrew than it is in our modern sort of war memory. And so we have to kind of think about um, uh, how, or at least it causes me to think about how we've mistranslated and misunderstood and also reshaped through history some of our ancient understandings that were more compassionate and more um, sturdy. Um, It's uh, safer 
to hold a baby against you to protect it than to put it out in front like with a spear, right? There's something about that kind of protection that we, um, we've lost somewhere in our way. Mm. So um, for the sake of our choir and uh, our leader, Nina, I'm gonna, um, I'll tell you what's on the paper. <laughs> so, uh, um, so uh, um, your pastor, uh, Tracy, she, um, so when we were talking the other day, just to get set up for today, um, and by the way, um, I did this morning uh, dedicate this day to her. It's in my tradition that when we lead a service and we start, we dedicate the service to something um, that is needed in the world and healing and uh, her healing as a major uh, vessel and support for this congregation. Um, so so this, is, this whole lesson and everything is dedicated in her uh, healing, for her healing. So um, uh, we're talking about loving your neighbor as yourself in the text and, um, and honoring God. Um, one of the things that we do when we use the English translations of words that are in the Hebrew Bible is sometimes we miss the nuance and we miss the variety of translation because we're only sticking with what the words look like in front of us instead of what they do in the Hebrew. And in Hebrew, um, words are based on roots, and they um, uh, if you take the root of the word, you can kind of figure out the meaning, but depending on how the word is used in a sentence, it can mean different things. Um, however, we do have some things that we know what the meanings are. We, do, we use them over and over again in the Hebrew Bible. You can see them in different places, and you can say, that word must mean this here. It means it a little differently over here and over here because of the context. Um, loving your neighbor as yourself, one of the things to think about is um, it says you have to, in order to love your neighbor well, you have to love yourself well. Because right? if, you, if you start from a place of uh, self-lowering um, uh, uh, or or, you, or, or self-hatred at the at most extreme, um, your neighbor's not going to get treated very well. So um, there's something about loving the self to love the other. And also in the phrase, um, we also, uh, in the Hebrew, actually, we have, do not do unto others as you wouldn't have others do unto you. So it's the negative. It's not the positive. Because as human beings, we often can figure out the negative first. It's sort of like, when somebody's in need of help, they don't want to ask for it. So it's like, oh, no, I don't need anything. I'm okay. You know, they could be on their deathbed, and they're like, go take care of yourself. You know, I, I don't need you. And, um, but, uh, uh, but we can often, like, uh, you know, stop hitting me. Like, we, can, we know the negative, and we can kind of figure out how to push that away, hopefully, um, well. Um, and so what we have is the Christian Bible's reversing of the Hebrew Bible's statement, um, and, uh, and then we get both forms of it. And one of the, th the beautiful pieces of that is this idea that we have to know both our likes and our dislikes in order to treat other people well. If we don't know, now many of us were raised not paying attention to ourselves, that our job, and historically this has been um, one of the things that women have talked about in religious history is that, it, that the attention is always on the family and not on themselves. And so we're taking care of the parents, taking care of the husband, taking care of the kids. 
And so understanding what they need is, um, is not what they're tending to. Um, and, and I think men suffer from this also. We all across the spectrum suffer from this, um, but it's been more prominent in women in history. And I think, um, and so one of the, one of the pieces in this is, um, if we can't figure out what it means to love ourselves, we should look at how we're taking care of others. That in fact, if we're giving something to somebody else, our teachers, our ministers, our choirs, our community leaders, our social justice activists, our doctors, our, um, our uh, bus drivers, like if we're, we're putting out stuff in the world when we greet people wherever we are, whatever we do, if we look at that, we could see probably how we treat ourselves or how we view ourselves. There's a lot of like, they don't deserve that. We probably have a sense that we don't deserve something either. Maybe we haven't figured out that yet. And when we figure out that we deserve all good, so too do they deserve all good. We can play this game in both directions. It's important, and I think in, in the Hebrew, we get some of that in the language. Okay. I did that because of what I wrote here. None of that is on this paper. But, um, so what I wrote on the paper, I just wanted to give you a little something, because this is in the news a lot, the Ten Commandments. It's in... Um, courthouses now and in public squares and it's all wrong by the way anything in english is all wrong it is not what the 10 commandments says it is a it's a modern interpretation it's not wrong it is a modern interpretation and for those people who hold on to the the text translated the way it is more power to you if you want to go back to the original hebrew it's different 10 commandments two words in um the, that is on here um, and then underneath it, I have two different uh, sets of the word ten somethings. Aseret is the Hebrew word for ten. Mitzvot is the word for commandment. Oh, the ot ending is plural. Aseret mitzvot, ten commandments. That's not what it says in the Bible, by the way. It says aseret hadibrot. Aseret is ten, ha is the, and diber is the word for speak or do, and ot is plural. It's the ten sayings or the ten doings. It is not commandments. And the word for commandments is all over the Hebrew Bible. We know what it is. If they had intended to use it, or if you believe God wrote it, if God had intended to use it, it would be right there. It's not. It says, Aseret hadibrot. The ten sayings. Okay, something that we know different between commandments and sayings. If it's a commandment, you need what's there, you learn it and you do it or you don't do it. Thou shalt not kill. How many of you have done that lately? How many of you have like had to actively think not to do that? Right? Some, there's a head shaking. <laughs> um, watch out for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we use the language a lot, but probably not intending it to be true. Um, but uh, so um, I have a question. Like I was raised with this question. If it is a big commandment, if it is number six on the top of the second tablet, it's number one, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder, depending on how you translate it. If nobody, if very few people actually do it, 
Why is it such a big commandment? We could probably put that one lower somewhere. It could be commandment number 437. Like, wouldn't it be better to put something at the top that's more important? The way that Jews view the 10 sayings or doings, and we often call them the 10 commandments because we were raised in the world that we live in. When we're reading the Hebrew, it's the 10 sayings or doings. The, the way that we interpret that is um, uh, these are like subject headings for the rest of the five books of Moses, the Torah. So under thou shalt not kill, you can pull all the parts of the other 603 commandments. We see 613. I'm not sure how they're all in there, but they are all in there. Um, so there are 613 commandments in the whole five books of Moses. If, um, if like a certain bunch of them fit under the do not kill one. So for example, what would do not kill or do not murder be in sort of ordinary life? Language, like what? Some, give me something. So if you say something verbally that, uh, that, that hurts somebody, right? if you kill their spirit, if you, um, if you gossip in a way that uh, spreads rumors that lowers their um, status in the community or with their friends, if you've murdered their reputation, those rules fit under that heading then it makes sense that it's there. Because it's a big heading to mean all of the kinds of things where murder or killing happens in ordinary life. And we have to pay attention to all those little details so we don't break that one, that saying or doing. Also, the Ten Commandments could have been given to us all on one tablet. But according to the text, we have two tablets side by side. And you either see them together, or you see Moses in kind of in Charlton Heston form, holding them like this. Um, and, um, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One says, um, love God, or I am Adonai, your God. It doesn't say love. It says, I am Adonai, your God. And six says, don't kill. How is killing parallel to Love, uh, I am Adonai, your God. I'll give you a hint. They're, they're paired opposites in a particular way. And I'll give you a bigger picture. Maybe that'll help. What are the first five? Who do you relate to in the first five? And who do you relate to in the other five? One another. One another. So you've got a tablet that says, here are five important things to do with your relationship with God. And in fact, honor your father and mother, the last one, is about honoring their relationship with God. It's not, it used to be an understanding that if your parents had idols, that you, when they died, you would take their idols into your house. That's where that commandment comes from. Honor your father and mother. It's not like be nice to them or don't put them in a nursing home. It's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't say you should. It just says that's not what it's about. That's another commandment. Um, but, um, and so if you look at the other five, you see parallels in the human world. So you have honor your father and mother parallel to don't covet. Right? Take that which you were given and don't look for it somewhere else. 
in the world. Um, and it goes all the way down. Murder and God. We are all created in God's image. If you murder somebody else, what does that say about your belief in God? You don't. And so if Adonai is your God and you understand that, and you see don't murder, then, you, then the way you behave in the world will show people what your belief is. Or your belief, if you live by your belief, then your behavior in the world should show what your belief is. So it works both ways. It's an inside out and an outside in. And the whole Hebrew Bible is set up that way. We see it in the Genesis story. Every day there are paired opposites connected. We understand light and darkness. The waters above and the waters below. They get created that way in the days. The last day is the Sabbath and the rest of the week. So we see, we see these paired opposites. In, in, uh, it's kind of a poetic way of teaching us something. So again, it's not the ten say, it's not the ten do these or don't do these. It doesn't say love God like, I mean, it doesn't say I am Adonai your God. Like, if you're not a believer, you should die or you should be thrown out or you're bad because that's how it gets translated. If you're not one of us, you're obviously wrong, bad, unschooled, however nicely we can put it. But it doesn't say that in in Hebrew text, and it doesn't say that to Jews. What it says is, if you want to show that you understand that Adonai is your God, don't murder. And if you don't even have a belief in God, and you don't murder, it says to me that you understand that we're all created in, the, in God's image. And it doesn't say Jews are created in God's image, and it doesn't say Christians are created in God's image, and it doesn't say Jews and Christians but not Muslims are created in God's image, and it doesn't say believers are created in God's image, it just says human beings are created in God's image, all of us. And so we have this, um, we have this understanding that that's the, that's the way that it's built. And, the, and so really this, uh, uh, your, um, uh, Tracy, your minister, your pastor, uh, sent me these three things that she said about how we're supposed to look at each other's religions, right? Don't learn about your religion from their detractors, right? Don't like, you know, if somebody hates Jews, don't ask them what Judaism's all about. Um, or Christian, it works for Christians too, right? If somebody's an anti-Christian, don't, don't ask them what Christianity is all about, what Christians believe, because they're going to tell you what they want you to hear in that negative way. Um, and also, um, uh, to remember to, uh, you know, to hold honor what you have, um, but not to knock them down. That, and the third one is to come with holy envy. Like to find something in the other that you truly love, not that it detracts from what you have, and not that you need to go over there either. You don't have to convert. But to understand that we each in our own traditions have things of value, and there's things that get in our way. And just to kind of come to terms with what that is, and then figure out as adults what it is we want to believe in, do believe in, understand, and how do we live out our, our beliefs so that when somebody sees us in the world, we don't have to tell them, I'm a Christian or a Jew. I'm a 
Um, I'm a fully, I'm a believer. I'm a, because our actions will teach them who we are. And I know you use the word witness, like to witness uh, your belief in God in the world by being the person that you imagine Jesus to be. And we have the same thing in Hebrew scripture, only it's not in relationship to Jesus, but relationship to our understanding of God, the, the, who you would say God the Father or God the parent. So it's the whole kind of God head. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's my talk today. My hope is um, that when you see the Ten Commandments for the next time, instead of pointing at it and saying, uh, this is what it says, you have to do that, we have to, I have to do that, um, you'll look at it and you'll say, in the Hebrew, I understand that the way this one Jew told me, it, um, <laughs> who happens to be a rabbi, told me to think about it, is that it's about a, a, a whole group of behaviors. And am I, the person pointing my finger, living those enough that if somebody pointed at me, they'd be able to say, I'm living in that understanding. Thank you.